I wanted a place for people to receive authentic guidance and practical ways to awaken. Thought-provoking, paradigm-shifting, and empowering. This is about expanding our human consciousness to create a wave of new possibilities. I'm Dr. Teresa Willard-White, and this is Quantum Minds TV. Welcome to Quantum Minds TV, where we take a deep dive into various perspectives on what it's going to take to create a shift in human consciousness. Today, I'm honored to have Dave Lanyon joining me. Dave is a lecturer, mentor, leader, author, martial artist, spiritual teacher, and a sovereign Epsisimus lineage holder for the Modern Mystery School. Epsisimus Dave has been the driving force behind the explosive growth of the Modern Mystery School since he joined the lineage in 2004, and he has helped the school to expand from being in 12 countries to more than 50. Coming from the realm of business, having extensive experience in both the corporate world and running several of his own successful enterprises, Dave bridges the world of hermetics, metaphysics, and spirituality with practical and intelligent wisdom that can be universally applied. Now, he's dedicated his life to serving the world by teaching, healing, and helping people from all walks of life to know thyself. And he's driven by a deep compassion and faith that humanity can change to be better. Dave Lanyon's debut book, You Are Not Perfect the Way You Are, aids people in making lasting life changes, changes that not only impact their own lives, but the whole world as well. So Dave, thank you for being my guest today. And I am very honored to have you be part of Quantum Minds TV. Wow. Thank you so much, Teresa. This is, uh, I, I, I'm so happy to be here. You know, you and I have been um, walking this path together with the Modern Mystery School for a long time. And we've been a part of each other's journeys. We've witnessed each other's transformation, challenges, growth along the way. And I just wanted to say from a, a personal level, um, having known you now for almost 20 years, that some of the things that I have really come to respect and admire about you is this combination of, of a high intelligence, a sense of humor, a really big heart, and yet very grounded and practical wisdom. Uh, and then your strategic mind and just strength of leadership is something I really respected and admire. So I want to thank you. And I'm very much looking forward to our conversation today. Yeah, it, it's been almost 20 years. And uh, you're one of the people that I respect the most. Your, your intelligence, your drive. I love your scientific mind. I love your analytical mind. The 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 intelligent doubt that you have about many things and the fact that you're always willing to question and look deeper is something that I, I think we both share, very pragmatic way of looking at spirituality and, and understanding. And uh, I know your background as, a, as an alchemist and a, a Kabbalist and a scientist uh, has served you well, but it's also served the mystery school really well too, to have that expertise you know, available and in the room. So oh, thank you so much. Thank you. That means a lot coming from you. Um, and, you know, it's while we've worked together for 20 years and we 
have lots of time where we're meeting, you know, around mystery school stuff. This is, you know, a, a great opportunity to have an in-depth conversation that is, you know, available for others to take part in. And so um, I'd like to start, if it's all right, with um, a bit of your background for the people who don't really know who you are. Uh, they're not part of the mystery school. I'd love it if you could give a, briefly a bit about your background, especially before finding your way to the mystery school. So tell us a little bit about where you come from. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, it, and it almost feels like it's uh, uh, a whole nother me. Another Wait. lifetime ago. <laughs> yeah. It's almost like you're looking at a movie of who you used to be because, yeah, the lineage really does take you through a transformative process. You still know it's you, but it feels like a different you. So um, I grew up as one of four children, you know, uh, traditional mother and father family. Mom, mom stayed at home taking care of the kids. Dad was the, the, the hardworking guy out there um, uh, bringing home the bacon, so to speak. And um, had a pretty much normal childhood. Was very, very ill as a child. Was in a coma uh, and near death at one point. And um, it gave me a different perspective on life because health was something that didn't come easily to me or naturally. And in fact, my natural state was to be unhealthy, um, severe asthma with all the complications that come with it. And uh, so I was in and out of the hospital all the time as a kid. And, I, and at one point, I, I almost got actually um, thrown out of school in elementary school, not because I was doing anything per se wrong, but you can only miss so many days before it is illegal to graduate you to another another grade. And I was within two or three days of that um, because I was so ill. So as I got older, uh, I eventually moved out uh, when I was about 18. And as I got older, I, um, in my early teens and then later on, I decided that I had to take care of myself more and I had to pay attention uh, to my health. So I began to put more energy and effort into that. That's what led me to many, many, many years, uh, I guess over 40 now of, of martial arts and, and working on fitness. Um, and I eventually went on to college, university, uh, it's a typical story, uh, got a job in the business world and uh, did very well there. But I found that, and I sat in many boardrooms and all that stuff, but I found that it was very draining for me. And uh, the, the, even though I could do well at business, I, it just, there was something, something wrong with the corporate model for me. There's this the constantly kind of schlocking some product as much as possible. And I, I worked for a company that was worth well over $2 billion. It's quite a long time ago. It was a big international company. And so one day, uh, I took the option of leaving that company. And I went into uh, become a mental health therapist because I thought with my background in martial arts and coaching people that this would be beneficial to have this other aspect. And um, that led me to doing uh, mental health therapy for clients. And lo and behold, I ran into this situation with spirituality. So here we are dealing with people on a mental level, emotional level, talking about certain things. But whenever it came to spirituality, we're just sort of stuck in this space. And I was actually told by uh, my teachers to avoid that conversation originally. That's just not important. I thought, what, what couldn't be more important than what you believe life is about? And for some people that's spirituality, you might be atheist, but you have to know what that's about. So I began this exploration 
and um religion just didn't seem to cut it for me there was too much sort of doctrine and dog dogmaticness i went and did couldn't tell you how many new age things and i found some to be interesting but a little bit uh tripe uh, a lot of it was ego stroking and and like you're just an incredibly perfect human being everything's perfect it's all god's plan that kind of thing and it just didn't add up to me in my direct experience so one day i i eventually ran into the mystery school i found found it through a guide and as hard as this path of this lineage is it has been the most fulfilling thing that i've done in my life and and i've been with it for the last uh, 20 years first just like anyone else as a student for many many years and later on helping with administration and then later on becoming a, a senior teacher but uh, i kind of went through all the phases and to be honest quite surprised if you'd said to me 20 years ago you said to me 10 years ago you'll be here where you are today i would have said you're crazy because <laughs> it just didn't seem like it was ever gonna uh, happen it was uh it's a difficult task but you know we learn yeah now i i recall also didn't you have a bit of um Taoist experience uh, from your martial arts background before you found your way into mystery school as well how far did you go with any of that exploration yeah uh, thank you for bringing that up uh i spent about three years looking into it because uh, i found a lot of cases Taoism, sometimes uh taoism also the the backgrounds to these filled a lot more questions in and made more sense but even then i was still um i found that the necessity to do things a certain way was for me a, a little dogmatic but i i enjoyed it and i spent about three years um studying it and i found a lot of accuracy or more more so than truth or falsehood things that helped me things that worked and that's that's all it really mattered to me does this work does it help and i'm i'm still that way to this day uh, and I, I have deep respect for for Taoism. Uh, and for what it was able to bring. And with your martial arts background, you, I mean, you were studying in martial arts and teaching martial arts and had a, a really successful martial arts club uh, as well. How, how long was that career in, in the martial arts uh, training realm? Oh my goodness. Well, I started, I started uh, karate when I was 14 years of age, okay. uh, Chidoru karate. And I, and I went on and studied Wing Chun and, and Jun Fan and JKD and Box Francais Savat and North American Boxing and Muay Thai and a bunch of other Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. I have really not stopped uh, doing martial arts since I was 14. I've slowed down and it's, it's less of a daily practice, but uh, even today I still uh, teach occasionally and my number one student is my son who continues through. You know, one of the things you learn in life is if you want to maintain something, you also have to teach it. Because in teaching it, it, it reminds you of the things you need to remember. So, yeah, I'm, I, it's been, you know, 40, 40 years of, of training um, on and off, mostly on. Yeah. When you've brought so much of that experience uh, to some of the, the training that we do in the Modern Mystery School as well and really revolutionize some of that more cultivating the warrior spirit within and how we do that. And so much of the team building and, and just the community building that happens, you know, you bring a lot of fun to the process as well. Uh, now, what made you ultimately leave having such a successful business and martial arts club uh, to do mystery school full time? 
I know you said you were getting fulfillment out of it, but you were doing martial arts clubs still at the same time as you started mystery school. So what made you make that full-time shift? Oh my goodness. Uh, you're full of great questions. <laughs> so I, at the time I actually had a, 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 a mental health clinic too. And, and the martial arts club, I was running both and I had uh, business partners in one and, and staff. And, um, it actually kind of, uh, culminated in me letting go of, of both, uh, businesses or walking away from both those things, which I, I enjoyed. Um, it was definitely, uh, especially the martial arts side of battle because martial arts is so ingrained in me. It's a part of who I am and, and something I truly love at the core of myself. Uh, but I sustained a back injury and that back injury meant that I couldn't be as active, train as hard. I mean, it was, it was a pretty severe back injury to the point they told me I may, may end up in a wheelchair. So, uh, it kind of, I got painted into a corner of saying, well, if I'm going to keep doing things in life, this I can do with an injured back, this, this quote unquote mystery school stuff, the martial arts is going to be a much harder proposition. And even then it was, it was still, uh, took me a couple of years before I finally let it go. And I, uh, I truly am, I'm thankful I did because as much as I love martial arts, my, my fulfillment of, of, uh, my life uh, as an individual has come through the lineage more than martial arts. And I love martial arts, but this lineage is really, you know, if you, it's not the easiest thing to do in the world, but if you keep going, it's amazing. The gifts that it, that it brings you, mm. you know, as we often say, the hardest thing in the world are the, are where you would get the greatest return. So, mm -hmm. yeah, it, it wasn't easy. <laughs> well, and it's certainly become a, a full-time thing for you. I mean, you've, you've committed so much of your time. You're, uh, you know, you've traveled all over the world. You've sacrificed a lot in order to, you know, come into this position that you're in where you are a lineage holder with Mystery School. And it's not been an easy journey. Uh, you, and I've, I've witnessed multiple times along the way where you've hit some points where you could have just walked away from it. You, you know, those, those were moments where you really had to dig deep. And one of the things I have always wondered is what ultimately was it that made you stay when you had to dig deep and you hit those really challenging points along the way so we all hit these points on our journey and so i think we can all learn from each other's uh you know what made us stick with the path and and by the way after i'm doing answering i'm gonna throw it back to you because <laughs> i'd love to hear your answer to that too um ultimately it came down because I've, I've asked myself this i you know you you kind of look at yourself you say are you crazy are you foolish are you foolish and crazy like why are you why are you putting up with so many of these difficulties and it, it came down to one thing i want the world to be a better place mm. and no matter where i looked and no matter what i did there was no greater tool than than the lineage and the mystery school in front of me and to be honest i hoped and prayed there was a better tool i wanted to find it so that i could let go of this harsh um um struggle that i was genuinely putting myself through but this was the best tool and it created the best results for people that i saw so i i stuck with it because i want to leave the world better than when i came in i grew up it was hard life was hard for me especially physically and i I could see with everything that humanity has, we, we can do better than this. I know we can do better, but this is the best tool that I've ever found for that. 
And so I was willing to kind of keep my hand in the fire, even though it hurt, <laughs> because I knew that that the end results of this was going to be something better, not only for me, but for the people around me, because I wanted to be helpful to other people, to people, you know, you touch their life, your family, your friends, of course, at first, and then everyone else. And I really wanted to to do better by them, to be the best I could be for them and for me. Mm. And ultimately, that's what kept me there. Let's take a pause from this fascinating conversation to enjoy a quick consciousness break. I recently wrote a book that says you are not perfect the way you are. And so this question comes up sometimes. What exactly does that mean? The reason I wrote the book is I think people people can use hermetics to really help improve their life. Uh, and using hermetics, you have to start knowing the state you're in currently. And the state you're in currently is that you are not perfect the way you are. If you were perfect the way you were, you'd have nowhere to go and no place to grow into. A lot of New Age teachings uh, will profess that you're perfect just as you are. A lot of social movements profess you are perfect the way you are. That couldn't be any more less true than just about anything else because you really aren't. The only state in Hermetics where we say that we're perfect is if we're in the state of perfecting. We're moving towards perfection and in that state we're perfect. We're not built as perfect beings. It's our imperfections that we're seeking to grow. That's where our progression comes from, overcoming the imperfections. So it's the state of understanding I'm not perfect the way I am. Working on that state to perfect the self, that allows you to then say, I am per perfect as I am when I'm perfecting myself. Let's start with why am I not perfect the way I am? You suck. Basically, any other question? <laughs> So how, how about yourself? What, I mean, it's hard. And I know we've been both through, been through fire. So how did you stick with it? <laughs> well, I, I uh, would say there's probably two major things for me. Uh, one of which was that I knew that no matter what I thought about the, the teachings or how things were being done or any of that, I knew that the tools and the path was leading to progression my own progression and no matter you know how far i'd gone i knew there was always that next level and it was always pushing me to that next level of progression um and and the tools worked and then secondly very much like you i had a huge commitment a sense of devotion to wanting to see the world become better and to to serve in a, a mission where it really felt like it was purposeful meaningful that we were making an impact in the lives of other people and and these were the best tools i'd come across uh out of everything i had explored to be able to help people so very similar uh but i think also it, it really took me seeing my own fruits uh to keep me going at times no matter what my opinions might have been at the moment around whether things were comfortable, whether I agreed with this or that, it was ultimately by the fruits that I kept uh, putting my trust in and, uh, and knowing that I didn't want to let my ego get in the way of my growth. And, and I knew also that every time I really got pushed, 
when my when the emotions were high or you know I felt really challenged, those were clear sign that something in my own ego was holding on to some control or some belief or some opinion that wasn't serving. And so it just made me really reevaluate myself deeper. Uh, and and I, I got to several points along the way where I saw, um, how grateful I was to always have a, a teacher or teachers who were further along on the path than I was that were um, ready to tell me the things that sometimes I didn't want to hear <laughs> to push that progression to the next stage or to help me see myself from a different perspective or angle that I couldn't see for myself and um, and and help keep my ego in check, you know, and and yet propel the the growth propel the next level of really coming into alignment with authentic empowerment and true self versus the the personality and, and the ego and sort of the smaller aspects of the self so it's a combination of things yeah it's it's interesting what you're saying there about the ego because it's one of the things we all struggle with is our own ego and we need a way to manage and see our ego for what it is we need to be able to reflect and that's one of the strengths of the lineage um, but I, I mentioned this in my book that it, it, the reason that a lineage or, or a spiritual path like this can be so hard is be because of your ego. And the path has to have a way to handle that resistance. And so there's always, for you to grow, there's always going to be a demand that the ego doesn't want to do. That's what's going to create this, the state of growth. And then we call that resistance. And can you overcome your ego's resistance if it, if you can realize in some aspect that there is a benefit of fruit on the other side, but your ego still doesn't want to do it. And that's, it, it's interesting because I had the same thing. It, so much is your ego fighting as you're growing. And that's where the, the hard comes from is your, your ego. But you realize when you look back that a true lineage has to be able to manage someone's ego. It can't be a placating force because that's regular life. Just sort of tell you everything's good and you're fine and you're wonderful and don't grow. And so, so a lineage has to have those aspects and that's, it's, it's that struggle, that beautiful struggle that allows us to grow. And, you know, and, and I think what you're, you're saying in other words is that you saw the beautiful struggle and it was, it was worthwhile to go through that beautiful struggle. That the, yeah, that the, uh, outside the comfort zone is where all the growth happens and the magic, you know, happens outside that comfort zone. And, and I saw for myself and I thought for so many, you know, people, uh, I mean, as I became a Kabbalah teacher and I saw people hitting that struggle themselves through the ascension journey, uh, up the tree of life, you know, and you see those points. And then yet when you get, when you get through that to the other side into the glory of what's you know what's on the other side of that barrier for you it was like it made all of it worth it and so those you know just having that microscopic look at it in the 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 journey of what happens over 10 months with our kabbalah uh, ascension program and then comparing that you know that same kind of cycles within cycles of that same process through the journey of our life on the path of progression like this and uh, so, you know, having known, okay, well, this obstacle actually is the opportunity for growth. And, and it, the, the bigger it is, the harder it is, you know, the more opportunity for growth there is. And so looking at it from that new perspective versus, 
you know, like a new age perspective of, oh, well, it's not, it's just, it's just not working out. Therefore, it must not be meant to be type of thing. It, it was, it's a sharpening of our own will uh, and harnessing our own, you know, force to, to make things happen according to our will versus just being passive on, on the journey. Yeah. I mean, so, so much of life today is about, um, and it seems to come from, from many teachings from different sources, whether it might be new age or it might be an aspect of religion or, or society in general, is you're perfect the way you are. And, I, and anyone who does any real self-reflection knows that is just simply not true. <laughs> and to me, it's the, 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 sh the greatest warrior in life, the greatest hero of your, in life should be you. And you're going to have to be a hero to be willing to engage those imperfections and say, I need to be a better person. I need to learn more about this or, or overcome these different aspects and, and become greater. And those are enormous challenges. Mm -hmm. And, and it really takes someone who truly ultimately, as you say, sees the fruits, but has a great love for themselves to say, I love myself enough to be honest with myself that I have to be a better, a better person. Mm -hmm. I remember. When I was leaving the corporate world, I, I, this stuck with me so much. I, I had woken up and kind of was sort of getting ready for one of my typical work days. I had to go in the office and sit in a boardroom and blue suit, red tie, white shirt, yada, yada, nod, nod, nod. And it was an old boys club back then. I'm not sure if it is today, but it was in my time. And I remember standing there with this red tie on and my white shirt, I hadn't put my jacket on. And I looked in the mirror and it struck me and I said, I am so tired of myself. I was fed up of the man in the mirror who I could feel was compromising aspects of my own, what we would now say joy, but myself. And I just said, I've got to do something else. And that's really, it was that moment, a clear as, as day that the, the next day I started, I started making changes actually from that moment forward. I said, no, it, there has to be something I have to do, do this differently. And that meant, by the way, you know, letting go of a, of a well-paying, you know, uh, uh, well-compensated job to step back and, and kind of go, what would people would say financially backwards in life? But it was, I, I wasn't willing to keep being, to keep giving my joy up for a few dollars more. It just, mm -hmm. I'd had enough. I'd, I'd much rather have been a hermit, honestly, and be like, as long as I'm happy. And I had kind of made that decision that day. And it was the ego, you know, when you're kind of just tired of, of not having more within yourself, of not being able to solve your problem or not being able to solve that dissatisfaction that can drive so many people. It certainly was a driver for me one of the aspects. Yeah, I can definitely relate to that. But that point for me where I really self-initiated uh was a point where i you know in graduate school had come to that this place of realizing you know this this um career path this educational track that i'm on everything i had thought my life was gonna ultimately be about and now i'm facing it none of it's measuring up to how i might have imagined or hoped it would be and i was really disappointed and i felt i felt after being immersed in 80 hours of physics a week i felt a, a lack of joy a lack of purpose and meaning and 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 it was zapping my happiness and my creativity and so i just thought something's got to give here i can't i can't keep 
doing this at the expense of my sense of joy and meaning. So I got to figure out what's going to bring that back into my life. And long story short, uh, it ultimately was spirituality that had to come in for me. Uh, whereas before I'd sort of put it on the shelf or just always sort of in the background on the side, it was never a priority. At that point, it became a priority in my life because I realized it brought that purpose and meaning back. But then the other thing is I was getting excited about bridging science and spirituality and like, you know, the sense of purpose was waking up. I really felt like I need community now. And, and I felt like, where, where's my tribe? Where are the people that I can connect with that are on a similar wavelength that really, you know, want to go deeper in all of these understanding the mysteries of life and the universe? Who are they? And that was what ultimately set me on my search uh, that led me, synchronicity in the universe kind of led me to the mystery school when I started asking for, I want to find my spiritual family. And that's one of the big benefits that I have found within this path uh, is that real sense of community and spiritual family. And, and, you know, I just knew it from the moment that I really went to the mystery school, even though I had a hard time with the, the concepts and, you know, the, my ego resistances, I had this intuitive sense of these are, these are, I know these people, these are the people who I've been waiting to find. And, um, uh, so I think a lot of people feel that sense of coming home when they find their way to the mystery school. Join us next time on Quantum Minds TV as we continue this enlightening conversation with obsessimist Dave Lanyon. This conscious conversation was created, produced, and recorded by Dr. Teresa Bullard-Wyke in collaboration with Dave Lanyon and edited by Verse Content and HH Films and Photo. The theme music was created by Tim Mountain of Evenload Productions. Quantum Minds TV is a product of the Quantum Learning Academy. 